0: Welcome to this episode of Sligo Sound's podcast. I would first like to thank Paul and all the staff at Thomas Connolly Sligo for allowing me to record this episode on their premises. In this episode, I talk to Colette Sharon. Colette talks about her songwriting, her own music, and what it is like to be a musician in Sligo. So, here we go. Colette Sheeran. Welcome to this episode of Sligo Sounds.
1: Thank you Stephen.
0: When did you move up to Sligo?
1: I grew up in a dairy farm. Okay. In Offley. Um, and I moved up to Sligo when I was about twenty. My sister was in college here at the time and I came up to visit her and was like, Yeah, I would like to live here. And I moved up about a year later. Kinda of here on and off ever since. Yeah. Pretty much. So
0: Music-wise, what was what instruments do you actually
1: I play? I played the wooden trad flute, okay. silver the classical. You play a lot of classical stuff, I suppose, in the silver one and a bit of guitar. Hmm. I wouldn't be much you now. Well. <laughs> I'd be on right now, but I'd be no uh, you or dowd or Ray horn or anything. But uh, I only took up the guitar in the last number of years, so I wouldn't. I always say I'm not. Slygos, goes one of amazing guitar players. I'm not one of them. Okay. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Well, I don't know
0: about that. I've seen. You I'm play. all right,
1: and yeah. just you know.
0: So what? But many
1: flutes and whistles and.
0: Was that true through, through your family? that <sighs> you started learning or?
1: It isn't. It isn't. I started playing music when I was six. I still remember going to my first music lesson, and I my parents played to send me, and and they did. They were great. My poor, long-suffering mother set out. Yes outside community centres in County Offaly while I went in for music lessons. It would have been mainly trad music mm. where I would have started off. I know I've uncles and my grandfather played music um, but not only, I, mean, I suppose, immediate mm. siblings or, or parents. But
0: so you wanted yeah, to play it for any, any reason? Why can you remember?
1: I don't really know. Just the drive? I don't something. really know. I remember when I brought out Grace. My older sister was talking to me about it and she had this memory of me as a kid and she said I was only about four or five with a school bag and one of them big novelty pencils sticking out of it and I was <laughs> playing it like a guitar. I was only a kid at the time but, yeah. but I did. I don't know I suppose it was just always singing a lot when I was a kid and I, <coughs> I loved playing when I was a child. Not so much the performance side of it. Mm. I think I would have been very I was dreadfully nervous of all that. I would happily sit for, for hours playing, mm. it's just something I did. Yeah.
0: Do
1: you know, my younger sister, there's not a, we're the same age as one another for a few days every year, so we're really typical Irish twins, mm. she's a great artist, she can draw. You know, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased, yeah. to my sister. I can't. Okay. Not absolutely desperate, whereas she has this, you know, so people would always say to her like oh do you play and she goes no but i could draw how the note would feel <laughs> <laughs> and it is that i suppose you have one or the other you know yeah and, it's
0: just i yeah, think it's maybe, weird, maybe weird.
1: everybody has their thing and yeah that's it that's interesting do you yeah.
0: know what inspires you
1: musically where do you start like it might sound a bit glib to say music itself but well, yeah I'm, i get excited about hearing other people yeah other people's music, yeah. Um, and new stuff. You know, I remember a certain secondary school going from a, a very rural primary school where there was seven in my class, to mm. school in the town where there were townies and cultures, and there was a very clear divide, and I was a culture, and that was it. I <laughs> <laughs> was about 12 at the time. Um, and not really knowing anyone in the school, but I remember buying a series of magazines, the classical collection, mm. and you got a tape with them. I'm really sure my age now. But I remember the first time listening to Tchaikovsky, Okay. And a Walkman, listening to it and being enthralled by it, mm. and thinking this is just wow. Mm. And playing trad music, you know, when you're playing with another musician that you just bounce off of, it's, that's inspiring. I think other musicians that you play with yeah. can be sometimes the biggest biggest inspiration. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, I mean, yeah. every, I, yeah, think I I do think so. Yeah. The
0: overall thing with musicians that i have taught to.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It is, it comes down to the music, you know, music does inspire people to make music, or even art. Or, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, or to try and write a piece of music, depict a, a story. I wrote a piece of music a few years ago called Marianne's Demise, mm. and I had written it after reading a book that was wrote by Nulo Fuelon, but part of it was based on actually story uh, precedent of the family law case during the famine. Marianne was an English lady, uh, Marianne Talbot, moved to County Roscommon to be with her landlord husband but wasn't there that long she started having an affair with an Irish war count. Oh. Yes, oh just yeah. desperate and um, they were madly in love, uh, William Mullen was his name and the affair lasted a couple of years, three or four years apparently, and her husband found out. But it was priestly because he bought it at the House of Commons, or the House of Lords. Whichever. Hmm. And it was heard publicly, her adultery with a, an Irish man and how she'd shamed herself and shamed her family. And at 30 years of age he had her locked up in a lunatic asylum. Wow. Yeah, and servants were brought over to give evidence, to say how she'd been observed, nipping the buttons off his shirt. I'm and sold them on to Mullins and it was this amazing story very yeah. tragic very sad story but i wrote the piece of music to try and convey that and i think that's kind of few instrumentals like that and i was thrilled then because we played it one night we shoot with the lads from oak rose mm. and they recorded it for their third album i think on the moon
0: so, awesome.
1: yeah yeah so it's really nice yeah cause yeah it is lovely and it's nice when you I remember playing it that first time and all the guys started joining in and it was like, hmm, Goof, goosebumps and, you know. Yeah. So I think that, I know some of the instrumentals I'd it like would be to convey something. Yeah. Whether it's very, very personal or not. Mm. It's whatever people take from it.
0: Yeah. But, um... That is a very important factor though, I guess. I think,
1: is, you know, you think I'd, I'd like to write something to, to convey an emotion.
0: Might necessarily um, say what you think because sometimes people take it as a sad song, happy, happy song, sad.
1: Absolutely, you know? or I think, God, it's a very moving piece of music. They don't necessarily have to know the the writer's story behind it. It's just something that they're writing and yeah. what people take from it, what it means to them. Yeah. I know other people have heard that piece of music. They go, like, oh, that's beautiful, it's lovely. And Whereas I would feel it's quite, it's quite sad, yeah. it's quite moving, but there's... Yes. It's
0: great. That's that's you know, that's yes. what music's supposed to do, you know, I suppose, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you'd hope so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so speaking speaking of your own your own uh, stuff, um, Little Apples on um, making Grace mm. <coughs> on your own album, your own like solo album. Yes. Um, just could you could you just go like briefly just through the recording process of that song because that that's one of those songs I found when I when I heard it that it's a very upbeat song yes but is there feeling that you you had when you wrote it so i mean is it is it really an upbeat song or is it just that i listened to it and i thought it sounded upbeat so therefore yeah. i must be happy but is
1: it is it it isn't it is kind of maybe a bit of a bittersweet kind of reflection on a on a number of different things mm. i don't always necessarily write a song about one specific thing it can be about a number of Observations mm. and things that have have happened. We recorded it over in Brian McDonald's. Done that full album there with Willie and Les and Hugh
0: from Rackhouse. From Rackhouse, yeah. yes, yeah. And how did you find that recording? Having other people on your songs. It was Were, lovely. Recording-wise, like from even the the writing process from you coming up with the lyrics or yeah. the melody. Was that all you? Did you? direct the guys in the recording?
1: I think there was a bit of both. Like I have played um had been playing with Leslie and you and really for a good while at that stage we'd done a lot of gigs together and then Leslie would have been more familiar with the material even um, in terms of arrangement and I think when you're going to record your stuff with other people you kinda need to let go a little bit as well. Because you run the risk of stunting someone else's creativity. Yeah. I mean, what the lads would have brought to it individually made the song. Mm. Do you know, Shamie guessed it on it. Yeah. Um, and Shamie came in with the electric guitar and sure, I'll do this bit and then I'll do this one as well I and mean, we put that over and sure you can use it if you want it. <laughs> like, great. You know, so it's yeah. lovely. When you, there is an element of kind of handing over the baby when you when you write your own material. If you get other artists in, I mean, you can't necessarily dictate. I think it's good to give as much direction as possible, and I think that's where it gets really special in recording where people get what you're kind of hearing in your head. Yeah. That they get it. And and you're saying, can you try and do, or would it be okay to do this? With people like that, I mean, there's no. It's lovely. Mm. You can't. They
0: put in extra colours. Absolutely. Oh, God, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And you wouldn't want to taint that in any way. so
0: So, lyrics or melody, which would you find easier to do?
1: I've always kind of been. I don't know, surprised myself by that element to it. The lyrics always come first. Mm. And I don't know why, but I just... The melody comes quite a lot easier, I guess. Once I have the the, the, the lyrics written, the melody just seems to... I hate, just say, come, yeah. I hate yeah. say it comes naturally, because it sounds like... But that. Would, would that be from
0: <laughs> the kind of genre, like, as in trad stuff? Like, you do play a lot of trad. Uh,
1: yeah. So, I mean, um, with that
0: kind of inspiration... Um, kind of come musically, you'd be able to pick up stuff from Maybe from yes. that.
1: I don't know, but I know what I write the songwriting stuff that I do is not trad at all. It's more yeah. kind of
0: But that yeah, I that's that's what kind of interests me, especially with different genres. Yeah. Like with like let's say we'll just even go through the bands that you're in. Uh, the Candles. Yes. So that's so who's in who's in that band?
1: That would be the original lineup would have been the three lads and myself but Rackhouse would have been really taken off at the time, so it yeah. was a bit of a sad kind of... <laughs> yeah. The launch was our last gig together. Wow.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so that was a bit sad. I so
0: mean, is that
1: still, still going? It is, yes, but I obviously had to change the, the lineup up um, So, and again, it quite naturally happened as well. Like, I've been playing music with Anna mm. in Houston for many, many years. she should be a big you know, to talk about influences an inspiration. Um, I put down her herself and Leonard Cohen as the top two. Well,
0: so you've answered the question I was going to ask. <laughs> <me later laughs> yeah, on, so yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So does Anna and myself and Tommy Kivilehin on drums and Shane McGowan on guitar. Okay. And
0: what kind of style would that like?
1: The lovely thing is Shane. Um, Shane's an amazing guitarist, no more than Anna's an amazing cello player mm. and mandolin. But they play many different genres. We throw in some trad stuff, it's kind of rocked up bass and guitar shane's an excellent trad guitarist as well mm. and uh, then from that we do some covers as well depending on who we're playing but uh, and the rest is a folky rock trad
0: so it's a kind of mix of all the genres that you all like you know that yourself be, and anna and yeah. the rest of the yeah
1: yeah it would be a wee bit yeah
0: that's a nice melting pot it I is it yeah. a bit
1: of that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is it's a mix um, yeah. and I, it's a kind of in keeping with what making grace was a kind of a folky I don't know, your man from Hot Press described it as a mellow, organic folk, rock, pop. I was like, that'll <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much.
0: Yeah. And uh, Above and Below the Tide is yeah. the, other, the other band. Yeah, who's, who's in that?
1: That's, again, myself and Anna.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Ray Cohen on guitar and fiddle. And Dave McLaughlin, who's a founder, member, and our, our leader okay. um, on bouzouki. And Bernard Tovell on guitar as well. Yeah, it's great. It, it, above and below, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's very different again. We've uh, described it as bipolar metal trad. Pretty good. That's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a cross between Planxty and Led Zeppelin.
0: I'd kind of describe it almost what, dark trad.
1: It is a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah but it's great fun oh, because I get yeah. to play more of the silver flute again, which is so much more scope with scales and everything, along with electric guitar and cello going mental. When do you get to do yeah. that like? And Certainly. it's mainly for the most. Yeah, it's we all or We've only really one or two covers, but the rest is all original material. Mm. And it's very sort of rehearsed kind of feeling your way. Like there's this solo and then that comes out and then this solo and then this bit and that. And it's lovely. So
0: it's recording process of that, how would, like because you have recorded
1: that. One was recorded initially as, um, it was nearly Dave's kind of solo project and he brought each of us in individually then to add bits onto it okay. and do, you know, yeah. um, I guess I would have been the last musician kind of brought on board. Uh, and it's shaped up really nicely, we're hoping to go in in October now and do a second album. So it's a nice little ongoing project as well.
0: And yourself, obviously solo-wise, Collette Sharon. Yes. So that, yeah, so your out album, Making Gross. Yes. Um, how how was that recording? That was your first time to record your own stuff, full album.
1: I had done the recording a few years prior to that, but it wouldn't have been to the same level professionally, I suppose. Mm. So I would always say that it was the first proper recording. Um,
0: and how how did you find that compared to like that recording with the other bands?
1: Well, it was great. Like you're in. Like, you couldn't work with a better man than Brian McDonough. Mm-hmm. Lovely studio to work with, and it was good. Mm. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. I love being in the studio. The last album I've done now as well. Completely different feel to it, and a different studio, but it's always it's a lovely process to get in and just close yourself away from the world. How long,
0: how long did it take you to do um, making grace? I. Roughly, just the, oh, the bare recording team. I think we
1: started. I think it was in June, August, I think. That myself and the three lads were in initially doing that. And I had been working as well at the time, full time. So I remember thinking if I have it mixed and mastered by the end of next January, I'll be happy enough. Mm. And I did. Well, and that was it. There you go. March in May. Yeah, because I had a lot of ideas in, in terms of of having guests on it, um, with some piano and some and some tracks, some electric guitar and some other ones. So it was a, I knew I was kind of undertaking a bigger project, and I would have been. I think I went to Wait Africa that year as well in November. So, And then with every other musician, some of the guests, like they might be going away on tour for a bit. Or, so it's been realistic. Mm. It wasn't a case of going in and saying, right, we're going to get this done out the door. It wasn't that at all. It was nice to take your time doing it. And it worked out grand,
0: yeah. yeah. It's nice to have that space. Oh, God. So you can. You can uh-huh. You're not doing the seven or eight hours in one go, kind of thing you're actually you know you can take your time do a track if you didn't like that take you can go back
1: absolutely yeah yeah ah yeah i think that's quite so do hard.
0: you just talking about bands and even the solo stuff yes which do you prefer playing solo or band wise
1: i don't know let's I've say let's say
0: gigging wise
1: well i think there's no Cheating or anything like that. I think like even if I'm doing my own stuff that I've written I still I generally be doing it with Anna Mm. and Tommy and Shane. So I usually (laughs) would have musicians around me I think it's nicer even if you've one other person with you You
0: can always blame them Uh, No, (laughs) not a question
1: of blame but just I remember doing solo gigs before uh, for a a little while in a a pub and uh, I remember telling myself it would be character building and i good for my confidence. And uh, I won't say it was soul destroying, but it's hard work. You take your hat off to anyone who can get up there for two hours with a guitar and sing their heart out. Yeah. And it can often be too full of people, nobody listening. And yeah. Someone comes up and asks you if you do you not know any Rihanna. So you're like, <laughs> I'm <I> going <laughs> asked that. So I couldn't say one way or the other. Yeah.
0: I guess it has its advantages and disadvantages.
1: Yeah. I suppose if I were to weigh up Like getting up playing a gig by myself as opposed to doing a gig with Anna or Shane or Tommy or just, you know, if it was only myself or Shane. Of course, it's always, you're always going to bounce off the other person. And having somebody like that sitting beside you, of course, you're going to play better. Yeah. (laughs) goes without saying. Better to share it.
0: True. What song would you have loved to have composed or written?
1: Oh, wow. That's another big question. Songs of all time. Oh, yeah. Any songs? Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 I love Leonard Cohen. If he's number one biggest fan. <laughs> but I don't know that I'd say that I would have loved to written some of his his songs. I loved it. A Thousand Kisses Deep. It's beautiful, lyrically and in every other way. Yeah, it's absolutely stunning. But again, that's very unique to Lennie Cohen, so I don't know, it be like... Well,
0: I, it's totally up to you. I mean, yeah, it could even be any instrumental stuff.
1: So. Oh God, I wouldn't know where to start. Okay. Yeah, genuinely. Because I love... I've gotten in the last few years of playing more classical stuff, and that, like, that way I love playing that. Um, and sometimes I get to play with Anna and the guys in no code. And just playing that stuff is yeah. just... is great. Just playing it, because it's beautiful, mm. you, you know. So many pieces that you wouldn't know which to pick from. In terms of a song I wish I'd written, I'll have a think about it. Okay. i we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll yeah. we will do yeah. an update on that. Because it could <laughs> be, but.
0: <laughs> um, so I got, look, that, that's what I was going to get onto earlier on. Like, who inspires you? So I guess that that, that could mean anything, really, but well, what do you think who inspires you means. So could.
1: I think people you meet. Yeah. People you love. People that break your heart people make you laugh, mm. you know, yeah. people around you, your friends, your parents, and all of those things, they all give you a reason to, to write a song.
0: In relation to you as a musician, how would you describe Sligo? as in terms of, like, let's say, creativity, the the atmosphere of Sligo, um, gigging wise, in three words?
1: I think it's a beautiful place to live and I think that in itself can lend itself to to writing music, you know. there's a lot of great musicians around. So it's not necessarily a lonely place for a musician either. Mm. I think that's a good thing. So
0: I guess that'd be the landscape, the people.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, I mean, that would have brought me here initially. Mm. You know, was that there was a, a music? There was people playing music. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? That mm. you have a lot of. If you want to go out night and hear some really good classical music, there's a Baroque Orchestra. Yeah. Like, there's not too many Irish towns boast that now, to be fair. No. There's a, a jazz scene, there's a trad scene, there's, a, there's, there's different, you know, and that's something that's quite special. Yeah. And it's something I do think it's something that's quite unique, which is a lovely thing. Why,
0: why do you think that it is, though? especially as you said that you're from like you're originally from Otley. yes so you might have absolutely. an out, like kind of outer perspective of when home. you first came here what kind of made you stay or
1: i thought the place was really beautiful i hate to sound like somebody from board <laughs> i loved that it wasn't too busy hmm and I think I love that you could be quite anonymous. It's not too busy, it's not the busy, busy. At the time, like, it was quieter there. and, yeah, that's what, I suppose, and that's a very personal point of view, I suppose, from going up somewhere else and moving somewhere and, and kind of thinking, I'd really like to make this place my home. On one hand, I loved that there was all this music, but I loved the kind of anonymity of it as well. Yeah. And that quietness. There's a lot of beautiful places to go to. So First you would, so would be the people, <laughs> the
0: landscape and... Absolutely. I it's guess, a really
1: beautiful yeah. place to live um, how, could, think,
0: how could you not be inspired, really? Well, I think you people...
1: Know. You know, again, I don't like it now. Oh. in a, Oh, it's so amazing. Do like, you know, there's a lot of beautiful places in Ireland. I equally love going home to Offaly. I guess I moved here at the time. I loved that it was that far removed for me at the time, mm. which was a very lovely thing. Um, and I have a lot of amazing friends here, really, really good friends here. I went to college here, I've worked here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. That's mm. lovely. Yeah. Still a blow-in now, my dude. And <laughs> yeah, don't worry, that's grand, lads, it's fine. <laughs> 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 yeah, I never said I wasn't. Sense of
0: humour could be another <laughs> one as well, in Sligo.
1: <laughs> I do actually, I do, I have to say I do like that. I've worked a lot around Sligo town. There is a sense of humour to the place. There's a, there's a bit of a wit.
0: Yeah.
1: It's nice, it's mm. lovely clever
0: one thing you could advise a beginner musician um, even gigging recording let's say people are just beginning to play music and they want to kind of do something with it like it could be in terms of gigging could be in terms of recording could be in terms of practice yeah what like what would you that you've learned maybe that
1: i've learned well i suppose i have a different maybe my path has been slightly different, maybe not that dif- different to other people, I don't know, you don't know what's going on for people. When I moved to Sligo um, originally, um, initially, I didn't sing at all, and I didn't sing for several years because I didn't think that I could. not saying that I can now either, but, but uh, <laughs> I didn't, and I never thought I'd be able to find myself saying this point, but a uh, sheer lack of confidence and shyness, and I think it's okay to acknowledge that you can play music and, and sing it doesn't mean you're necessarily the most super confident person in the world and I don't think you should, you don't necessarily have to be whereas I think I would have made the mistake for several years thinking that you, you have to be that mm. when you don't I think if you play and sing because you can feel it from the tips of to your toes then do it if you think this and I think a lot of people suffer from or maybe I'm just speaking personally but I don't know but I know the one thing I've learned over the years is people commenting on you know how I of confidence and do not get nervous and da 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 da, absolutely, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. And I would say to anyone starting out, if you do feel shy or nervous, just stay at it. Yeah. You get better at it. You do definitely. I still remember the first time going into play and uh, just in a chat session, and um, my back been wet with sweat and just nerves. You nearly tell yourself you're supposed to be on like, Billy Barry Kid about yeah. all these things. <laughs> necessarily, that's not what music is about, yeah. and you're allowed to be that, you don't have to be up there going, hey, be do, do, yourself, but it's something that I'm speaking from my experience in this regard, um, and I think it's okay to say, you know, it doesn't make you less of a musician, or any less of a, a failure as a musician, it's just something that's part of who you are, yeah. and it's all right, because I've read more stuff about musicians that mm. I really admire, that, you know, and you kind of read stuff like, oh my God, they're getting panic attacks, and they're getting anxious, and they get stage fright, and you're like, oh, is a mm. you
0: are like, we're human. obviously, there's a drive there that you kind of have to do it, even though you don't want to do it. I used it's to see, yeah, such, you know? I used to
1: visualise it for years as um, like a weighing scale. How much do I love playing music and singing? Well, this much. How do I love being nervous? And one far outweighed the other.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was to keep that in mind. And on top of that I remember even doing the, the launch for, for Grace and it would be my first proper, like a real, you know, repeat or solo thing. And yeah. If you can imagine, people are, in a whatever setting it's in, whether it's very formal in a theatre or very informal in a pub, people are generally rooting for you. They want to hear you doing doing well. And if you can get that, take in that, and put all that lyrics and all that sort of stuff aside, um, then that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean,
0: that's cool so yeah. it's probably not very rock and oh, no, no, roll no, 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 but I do think it's something yeah. that sh-
1: maybe isn't addressed as much as well, that, that, as it that, should that, be because everyone, that, everyone that, thinks you're going you to be super confident be,
0: you, be. you are totally right with that I mean yeah, confidence know. Know. is one of those things that especially yeah. when you're starting out yeah. people don't yeah, really yeah. know how to hone in on that like some people I know that are super confident from day one Yeah. but then you know even myself when I was starting I mean I was nervous as well yeah um, not now but <laughs> no, well, no but I
1: would have been whereas now I yeah. would find getting up in front of a the theatre and the fact that people want to hear your story behind your song or your piece yeah. of music I mean what a, what a privilege so you chat to them like you're sitting in your living room and that's a lovely thing that's so special yeah that's a lovely that's thing to capture that I mean that's just that's lovely and I'm very comfortable with it
0: Best advice given by another musician you've got. Have a bit
1: of confidence in yourself. Yeah,
0: that's that's fair enough. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that, that was explains said it. Yeah. To
1: me a number of years ago, and it struck a chord. apparently. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did. So what
0: bothers you as a musician?
1: Um, generally, I think people being hurtful. That can be. I think that can be. Yeah. bothersome. Do you know, yeah. that do bother you. You know, um, people assuming that you're this super confident needs to be brought down a peg or two kind of person. That, that's, you know, yeah. maybe that's getting too deep. It's no, like, I, no, hope, I hope no, it's no, not. No, 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 but I think people can be a bit... I remember doing a gig one time and I was in my early 20's at the time. And it was kind of an informal sort of a trad thing at the time. There was another girl in the group. She was a flute player as well, and she was brilliant, she was class-like, and she'd been at it way longer than I had ever been, you know? I remember going up to the bar, and this will give you an example of what I'm talking about. Hmm. I got up to the bar to get some drinks, and there was this older man sitting at the bar at the time, and he started talking about the music, and this it, and that and the other, and which is great, and I was going, yeah, it's fantastic. And he says, that other girl now playing, she's mighty. And I said, yeah, she's brilliant, and she was great. Like, I wasn't disputing that. I was going, yeah, she is, she's deadly. And she would have been something that I would have been really kind of going, class, you know? I wouldn't have been performing that long in public at the time. And he turns to me, and he lets me square in the eye, and he goes, now, you know, you're not as good as her, don't you? That bothers me. That kind of well, a Yeah. Yeah,
0: that would bother anybody. That kind
1: of stuff. Yeah. yeah. to you know, that's, yeah, that's not all. No. You know, home, home. and that's nearly like several 18 years later, and it was stuck because I remember being really hurt by it and kind of taken aback and upset and going, do you know what You're trying to be, you know, kind of. Yeah. at the end of the day, think yeah. people getting too now you're on me on a rollercoaster <laughs> I'm going to be here all yeah. night. No, people getting a bit too, I won't say precious about it, but it it's not open heart surgery. Yeah,
0: yeah. do you find? That you let that go though in some way.
1: Ah, you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think.
0: Is that something that you learn, or think are you kind of forced to just accept I it and think go? its uh,
1: I think it's like yeah. anything you, you learn from these things, you mature, as you do. Yeah. We all do, yeah. we all learn from, from things like that. I don't think you ever learn to sort of take hurtful comments on the gym.
0: Who would you most like to perform with?
1: In the whole wide world, ever.
0: Dead or alive? Dead or alive, okay. uh, make it Leonard Cohen. Okay, obviously, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know it sounds really cheesy, but I get. But it's the truth. I love that I get to play with musicians like Anna Houston and Philippe Carbonell, Steve Wickham, mm-hmm. uh, David Lackey, Shane McGowan, and Tom. That's. That's great, like, yeah. do you know what I mean, if I were to say, put a different group of musicians together to play with. The ones that I do play with, yeah, every with the, uh, with. that I get to play with every now and then, if I get to sit down and have a tune and shame it out, isn't that fantastic? If I get yeah. to sit down and play, you know, I couldn't ask for better, yeah. genuinely. Mm-hmm. I, it's
0: great, yeah, that, that, that's great to be know, content in yeah, that so kind like of... The,
1: yeah, you know, these musicians around you, um, that's lovely, yeah. that's really. Yeah privilege like that's as good as it gets and if Leonard
0: Cohen could have popped in well if Leonard wanted to pop in for a
1: pint like and, okay, yeah. you know yeah 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 um, I remember a funny story years ago going to a gig in Manor Hamilton to see Michael and who's the flute player and I remember sitting in a session afterwards with himself and Liam Kelly um, and I had torn a a muscle or I damaged my arm that day trying to start a strimmer mm. that evidently wasn't going to work oh. and I had a dreadful shake in my hand and I was just so annoyed with myself and nervous that I was sitting between the, the finest musicians and any time I lift my hand up it just shake quite violently <laughs> you know so you get up, but at the same time.
0: You still play though, did you?
1: I was not much. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't in great shape, but you look at.
0: What is the most important question you can ask as a musician?
1: think that you're doing it because you love it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I get more, I get equal amount of enjoyment if I, I get a, a desperately, desperately rainy, miserable, windy day in winter and no one's expecting their garden to be looked after and I get to like the fire in my house and sit and practice for the afternoon I get as much joy out of that as I would getting up playing in front of a theatre full of people that's as equally and I think that's important to have that to kind of go right I want to sit down and try and learn this piece of music or write something or just sit and play just that's that's a nice thing it's the
0: process I guess it's just yeah. playing yeah I yeah. think so yeah yeah
1: driving the neighbours to distraction. Well yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what are,
0: yeah your favourite artist maybe let
1: it cool? go. Yeah, from a songwriter point of view and okay. music point of view. I like some other stuff as well. I love yeah. Neil Young as well. Okay. Um so it's not necessarily all people thought Grace was a, a trad album. <laughs> no did me either at all now. Sorry <laughs> lads. Not yet, we might do one.
0: Favourite album. Neil Young Harvest would be up there.
1: Uh, ten new songs and a phone another one. In the
0: future, what have you got planned? Musically or anything else that you're doing?
1: Uh, well I was writing some new songs over the last since the last album I guess. And last winter, last February, winter is spring, uh, recorded them in a the studio in Newcastle with our Lance. Yeah, I have that album, it's it's got a
0: title
1: called Watershed Hours, Hours yeah. I was going to call it the, the ramblings of a woman in her late 30s with neither man Nor child but I kind of figured this it yeah. it's a bit long it's a bit long <laughs> yeah. Dave Fanning would like it maybe but uh, <laughs> no I thought no Watershed Hours
0: where did that come out of? like where did you
1: go? I well it's very in itself as well as playing music i worked as a gardener for several years and I've done a bit Of work abroad as well as a gardener, and uh, but I was a, a social care worker for several years in and around Sligo Town. Um, but with cuts and everything, I would have been on kind of part time hours. So, there about three years ago, um, I decided to go to gardening full time, mm-hmm. and I had come back a few years prior to that study in horticulture. So, watershed basically meaning a period of time or a significant event that marks a change in direction. Perfect. Water, that's great. Watershed water hours, mm. and the hours bit comes more from I suppose I write a lot of stuff at night time. Basically. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> so that's what
0: I imagined. When, at
1: when night, you said yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever gotten up in the morning and I'm oh, this be a great song. It's usually if, you know I'm sleeping great and I might sit up and be writing a song, and they're usually written quite late at night. So so you do
0: write mostly like you do write mostly at night.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There might be the odd time during the day where I'd be working and I might, I'd always keep something recording device with me. Because your phones are great now anyway, and the quality, even if it's a melody you come up with, i right, write down a lyric. But um, yeah, for the most part, yeah, it would be.
0: So let's just go back to that songwriting process. Do yes. you have those, like as you said, use your phone? it's a hum, like a hum track, real. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, just, um, yeah, I might do that. Yeah, because
1: yeah, it's a good way to just remembering everything. That's quite nice. So, and then later I might go back and listen to it and go, oh, that's desperate. Oh, yeah. But um, with lyrics, writing lyrics and that, I do not have a notebook lying around and.
0: So it wouldn't be an event as such. Not It'd necessarily. Be, you'd be no. kind of bits and pieces, and then. <laughs> Joining it together.
1: Yeah, or I might just maybe even write a song sitting up in my bed and mm-hmm. write a song. Yeah. You know, I'd kind of be thinking about kind of the, the lyrics would come and I'd be writing them as I go along and mm-hmm. scratching bits out and then coming up with a nicer, hopefully, line and, yeah. and writing that instead. Yeah.
0: So. How's your songwriting changed then?
1: I would say this album be a little think more uh, melancholy
0: okay. perhaps or a little Yeah, there's a quite, quite a gentle sort of feature.
1: It's a mellow enough kinda of, kinda of it. Um, Has as your songwriting process changed, no okay. not really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Still, no, no
0: no yeah, yeah it's uh, just one of those it'd be interesting to kind of see from you know yeah. songwriting wise how much time kinda of passes and you kind of you know, you might discover something new about the songwriting thing or as you say, yes, always yeah. have a phone, always have a pad.
1: Yeah, I generally write lyrics, might be in the back of an invoice now at the stage. But I usually keep a notebook yeah, that's, yes. to, to be writing. No.
0: So when could we see that um, album being released? Or
1: Well, that's kind of, I had sort of hoped maybe this autumn was a few things have come up. Well, one thing then was mainly that I, I got offered it. To go and teach horticulture and music in Ethiopia in November this year for six or seven weeks. So that's slightly changed plans in terms of look, it's done, it's dusted, it's recorded. We'll be getting the actual hard copy in the next little while. And i will see, because I run my own garden business and. Well, to head off to Africa. I'm not Wonder Woman, but have you ever seen the two of <laughs> us in the same room at the same time? No. <laughs> no. Well. Um, no. So it has slightly changed. Sorry, that sounded very arrogant. It's not oh. at all. Um, I don't know, Stephen. Mm. Um, like I said, this is my busiest time of the year. Gardening wise, so I kind of something's got to pay for these recording hours. That's true. I'm very realistic about mm. it. Um, the line. The next couple of months, oh. we'll be doing a wee bit more with it mm. um, in terms of launching it and maybe doing a wee tour, things like that. See how it, Cool. How it's received. Can't wait. So,
0: um, any guests on? Any special guests? Any?
1: Mainly myself, and Anna, and Shane, and Tommy, uh, and then like uh, two guests, uh, Steve. Wickham. Steve. Put down some beautiful violin on a couple of the tracks. Okay. And one of the opening track on the album features piano by with Kieran Quinn. Okay. So it's even a lovely, really mm. beautiful piece on that song as well. So that was it. Mm. I think that's.
0: Can't wait to hear it now. Oh, don't no, <laughs> <it? laughs> What I do with every episode is that I write down random yeah. bits and pieces that you've said. Yeah. And it will be the name of the actual episode. So number one, this is just wow. Yeah. Number two some piano right number three africa or number four weighing scales okay oh weighing scales
1: it's a, scales. a bit unrelated but it's good to even things out yeah yeah
0: yeah that's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah okay Enough. that's it yeah thanks very much for that not okay thank cheers. You, thanks. you cheers cheers Colette for being a part of this podcast. Thanks again to Thomas Connolly Sligo for letting us record there. You can find links below the episode for Colette's music. Until next time, I'm Stephen Carney and this is Sligo Sands Podcast.